Mismatch with Carmela. Broadcasting worldwide. Let's go! I'm welcoming Alan Tiller. How are you today? Good, thank you. Yourself? I'm not bad. I'm not too bad. You're a historian. Yes. And you base a lot of your historic stuff on paranormal. Mm-hmm. That's and you've correct. written quite a few books. Uh, yes. Uh, so the first one was called The Haunts of Adelaide. And that originally came out in 2014. Um, and there were a number of issues with that book um, to do with the publisher. And it took me around six years to rewrite the whole book. And I re-released it last year as The Haunts of Adelaide Revised Edition. Oh, wow. Um, so the original book was about, I think it was about 120 pages. The new one's about 250 or so. Oh, excellent. So I added tons of new stuff. Mm. So for instance, there was... Um, a story about the squatter's arms at Theberton. Mm-hmm. Um, and between writing the first book and the second book, um, my team, Idol on Paranormal, had gone back and reinvestigated. Oh. So you actually get two or three investigations worth of stuff, not just one. So everything was updated like that. Oh, wow, that's excellent. So, yeah, so it's, it's a lot bigger, a lot better. Um, the following book was Haunted Adelaide. And that book was based on research from... Um, a project I did with the city libraries back in 2016 called Haunted Buildings in Adelaide, um, which was a world first. So the idea was that um, over about four months, I welcomed members of the public into the library and they could come and tell me their stories. Yes. And then I went and researched them. Um, And so the book has more stories than what we actually researched. Mm -hmm. Ended up being 79 stories in there. Oh, good. Um, And there's probably about another 10 that didn't make the book because... They are currently being investigated by police. Oh. Um, so they're to do with murders and things like oh, that. Okay. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I didn't want to include them no. because they're still current. They're current. Um, oh. And people, families are still around. Yes. Um, and, you know, you don't want to offend anyone. No, and it could be very upsetting still. You that's know, right, that's right. Very raw for them to cope with. And I, I do have another book that's mm. a book of poetry and short stories. Oh, um, That's called Shades of Black. So that's poetry I wrote for... 20 years ago, okay. but short stories that were inspired by the locations that I was investigating. So, All right. Um, That's Cap- good. Capunda, and they're fiction. They're not, they're not um, non-fiction. Yes. So one is a short story about um, an inmate in Aradale Asylum in Ararat. Oh. Um, oh, dear. And I can't tell you what it's about on air because it's probably a bit lewd. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. That's but yeah, okay. he's in there for a, ever, for a reason. <laughs> yes. And, um, that story is called The Plumpest Cows Make the Best Steak, which gives you nothing about what the story's about. Okay. Um, but right, it's one yeah. you have to read. <laughs> okay. Well, is it a bit... Oh, I find sometimes if I have to read something scary, is it scary that it might upset it's, you whilst you're reading it or...? It's not scary in the horror, jump horror kind okay. of scare. It's All right. It kind of builds up to what this gentleman does to other people in okay. there. Right. Um, I can't really think of a good way to put no. it. No, <laughs> uh, no, you have just already yeah. said, the, so, said so it all. So it's to in. do with um, he's basically making tallow. Okay. Um, right. And if you know what tallow is made from, which is yes, I think so off the uh, top of my head, body yeah. fats and things. Yes, yeah, so understand. He's doing things to other people. Yes. yes. Oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, he's it's a, a naughty bit, boy. Yes, he's a very <laughs> naughty boy. Oh dear. <laughs> um, so yeah, and at the moment I'm working on a number of other books. Yes. Um, so I'm probably closest one to being finished is Haunted Kapunda. Mm-hmm. which will be, I think there's roughly about 50 stories in that so far. Okay. Now, that's that. you can do a trail there. Did you used to do the trail around yes. there? So yes. So back in whoa, 2014, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I 
uh, got a ghost hunting team, a oh, ghost tour team, sorry, yes. ghost crime tours to come out there. Yes. Um, and we helped them set it up. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up running the tours and Karen was back up, my wife. Yes. Um, and we ran that for, I think, two and a half years. Yep. Um, every, pretty much every Friday and Saturday night and yeah. got it established and, um, you know. I have at, to say that was pretty, um, I, I, going through it, it. You do, you, you get a spine tingling in places. Well, they do say Kapunda. And there Kapunda, were places I wouldn't go. You I'd, wouldn't go, yeah. No. Well, they do say Kapunda is probably mm. the most haunted town in Australia. Oh, wow. Uh, it does have that <laughs> reputation. And the North Kapunda Hotel has the reputation as the most haunted hotel. Ah, oh, so you're the in two you together. Know, the epicenter of it all. So, and it was being um, refurbished too, wasn't it? At the back, were they going to do some? They were going to do. Then some they things. stopped. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't actually been out there for a little while. Okay. I don't live out there anymore. No. Um, I have been out to do some research, and I'm going back out to do some more soon. Mm. So I will find out. Yeah, because um, yeah, I do have some things that were found. Um, behind a shelf in there, yeah. which will end up in the book. Oh, okay. Um, and Good. they're very interesting. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, the reason why um, uh, I got you to come on today was that just recently we went on a walking trail as such around Salisbury, um, and it was the haunted history of Salisbury. And it was a very interesting tour. It took us about an hour and a half, I think. Sounds about and, right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, tell us how that came about. So for the last, or well, probably three or four years, I've been doing um, talks for the Salisbury Library Service. So doing them at Parahills and things like that. Um, talking about ghosts and history around the place. Yes. Um, and I've written two other tours. So I, I wrote one for Port Adelaide Enfield Council, which is mm-hmm. basically the same kind of thing around Port Adelaide. Yes. And then from the haunted buildings in Adelaide, I wrote one for the city of Adelaide called Adelaide Ghosts and Ghouls. That one is a downloadable tour. It's audio. Okay. Um, and Salisbury Council decided that they wanted to have something different. Um, and, I mean, there's other walking tours around, but there's not yeah. really anything like this. No. Um, so they got in touch with me and uh, I would, using the, the Salisbury Library Services um, history section. Yes. Uh, pulled out a whole heap of stories. Um, I knew a few haunted places. The yeah. hardest thing with a tour designing the tour is mm. to make it so that it's interesting. Yes. Having enough stories that are interesting. Mm. And generally with a tour like that, you want it to come back to where it started so people don't have to go too far to their cars. Correct. Yes. yes. Good thinking, 99. Yes. 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 So um, <laughs> they got me in and we discussed how we were going to do it. Um, so a lot of, like I said, a lot of research. When yeah, you, I can imagine. Uh, consulted with the local history officer here in in the town or in the city. Actually, I always call yep. it a town. It's a city. It is. A, yeah, <laughs> it is a city. Um, and yeah, so we went through. Um, I went through a whole heap of books. I used Trove, which is the, I don't know if you know about Trove, the National Library's database of old newspapers. No, oh. Actually, I do. Uh, only recently we went up there to look. Uh, my friend and I went up there to have a look in in Adelaide. For, oh, okay. So you don't even clippings. have to go to Adelaide anymore. Oh. You can get online oh. and you can go to Trove. So it's the National Library of Australia's website. If you oh, type okay. in Trove, um, it's a database with pretty much every newspaper in the state going back to the foundation of the state. Oh, my God. And you can look by newspaper, by town, by year, um, by name, whatever you like. Wow, so that's fantastic. I spent hours and hours going through mm. Found a number of stories um, and matched them up to the ghost stories that I knew, which is what I do anyway. Yes. Try and get some legitimacy to 
why the place might be haunted. It's not just a random, you know, I got no. a feeling. There is yeah. history behind why these places yeah. have these and stories. And it's probably even documented along the it way. Is. Some mm. of them is, are. Mm. Um, the hardest one was there's a story about a little boy called, uh, his last name was Kostorfen, Donald Kostorfen. Mm. And that was on John Street. I think it's the second to last story. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that one was really, really hard mm. to match up. So I knew that a child had died. Mm. Um, I knew what his surname was, but yes. I could not find out exactly where the building was. Right. I knew roughly where it was. It was yeah. near what um, they call the dog leg, which is where Yes. Uh, you, well, listeners might not know about that. John Street has a little dog leg at the end. Yes. Um, up to the dog leg was designed... Um, in the original plan, mm. and then Joseph Broad's, Broadstock designed that other little bit when the train station was built. Right, um, yeah, because there has been changes along that and area. There has. Mm. And originally there were, I think there were four or five cottages there. Yeah. And in the time between um, the foundation of the city and then now, that mm. whole area is entirely different to how it looked back then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so finding exactly where this building was was yes. really hard. But yeah. using Trove, yep. I discovered that the Kostorfen building had burnt down. Right. And the neighbours had come and put the fire out. Okay. And using the neighbours' names, mm. I was able to work out exactly where the building was. <laughs> it is <laughs> so a bit like a detective work, it is, isn't it? Is. it? <laughs> and then that ended up adding a little bit more to it was mm. um, in the 50s and 60s, that was where Salisbury's funeral home was. Oh, yes. I remember you saying that now. Yeah. yeah. So that adds yeah. a little bit more to, yeah. you know, why it might be haunted. So, yeah. yeah. It's also a good, uh, um, aside from the paranormal that ha- ha- has happened, because the, the little boy, he... He, he does cry in some cases. He does cases. cry, yes. Yeah. And, oh, I'll tell you what, if I was working in that building and that happened to me, I think I'd have to, oh, that would be really heart-wrenching, I think. I think um, if it's not heart-wrenching, you'd get out of there pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, well, oh, yeah, pretty scary. But I guess that's the other thing I wanted to know. Like, you, you sort of touched on it but left it alone. Um, are there spirits or ghosts as such? Um that can be nasty to people. There are. Um, mm. They're very well documented cases of that. Yeah. Um, generally, poltergeist type activity um, can be nasty. It's not always nasty. No. Um, but yeah, there can be negative things that will hurt people. Um, I only know of one case where a, an allegedly a spirit has killed someone, and that was in America. Mm. Um, and that was to do with a heart attack. So it could have been something pre-existing in the person who died. Yes. Um, and, you know, the fear made their heart race so much that it killed them. Killed them, yeah. But it was oh. attributed to the spirit. Oh, dear. Um, you often hear of people getting scratches. Um, being that I'm more of a sceptic, mm. um, I don't, don't know if you know that sometimes you can scratch your arm. Yeah. And there's no rash or, or marks. Correct, yeah. And then a yeah. few minutes later, there's marks. Uh, so sometimes yeah. people will scratch themselves. And I always look to see if it's somewhere I can get my arm to. Oh, okay. So yeah. if they can't get their arm to that spot, yes, that gives it more legitimacy that you know they got scratched by something. Right. But if I'm they can get you. their arm there, they may have scratched themselves have and themselves. not even realise that they've done it. No. And then right. the welts don't come up for minutes afterwards, yes. and then they go, "Oh no, something's got me." But oh, and it yeah, hasn't, they just haven't realised. They haven't realised they've, t- yeah. they've scratched themselves, and yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're more like scaring yourself, aren't you? Yeah, you are definitely are. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I, I can, uh, as we were going through uh, cemeteries and graveyards, you were mm-hmm. explaining the difference, I think, at one stage yes. as well. But um, I remember uh, back in my early youth, um, I bought a block of land which was uh, off a side street 
next to the cemetery. And my mum really was unhappy in the fact that I bought this block of land, you know, virtually 500 metres from the, <laughs> from, from the old cemetery. And my father just piped up. He said, no, he said, he said don't worry about it. He said, um, it's, it's not the dead you have to worry about, it's the living. <laughs> so that, that, that made her happy. Yep. But I guess there are still some people that have passed that haven't wanted to let go. Yes. Um, haunted cemeteries aren't as common as what people think, mm. but there is sometimes the instant West Terrace Cemetery in the city is considered haunted. Oh, okay. Um, so where the old um, crematorium was, yes. which was near the front of the second gate, um, has poltergeist activity. People report stones being thrown at them even to this day. Oh, oh my um, God. Yeah, so yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. an interesting one. Um, right. <laughs> obviously, St. John's Cemetery out at Kapunda. Um, yes. That's considered one of the most haunted. Uh, closer to here is Yuli Road Cemetery at the back oh, yeah. the top of Craigmore. That's yeah. been known as a haunted place since probably the 50s. Yes. Um, yeah. Lots of people go up there still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a few noted spirits up there. One of them might be a gentleman named Daniel Garlic. Mm-hmm. There's a big monument to him. Um, oh, okay. He, he lived nearby, and the story goes that he appears in his um, horse and carriage. Okay. Um, and he comes up his old road and vanishes as he goes through yeah. the cemetery. There's oh, no wow. reason why he would do it, but no. people have reported seeing that, and they think it's him. They might not be him, but they think it's him. So. Well, maybe something. Maybe the reason why he hasn't let go is he he still thinks he's home. Well, his body's there. Yeah. He, he founded the church that used to stand in the middle of that cemetery. Right. And his property was right next to it. He pretty much founded yeah. Uliberry. Well, yeah. So, you know, okay. he could just be hanging around because that's, that's where his home. name was. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Now, um, the photo I put up on Facebook was you next to a bust of yourself. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> How did that come about? So, um, a few years ago, I was at Zed Ward at Glenside, and they had an open day, the old mental asylum there. Yes, yes. And my wife and I were visiting, and we met two lovely people, Scott and Karina Eames, brother and sister. Yeah. Um, and got talking to Scott and found out he's a sculpture artist. Um, oh, okay. He's becoming quite famous at the moment, actually. Um, so he's a sculpture artist, and one day he asked me if I would like to do a live sitting for him. Okay. Um, so he was doing that at the city library where I had just done my um, paranormal residency. So I said, yep, no worries, come down. And he did a live sitting with the clay. Oh, wonderful. Um, and then we did a live sitting in Rundle Mall, which you'll find on YouTube. So I yes. actually, Karen filmed it and I um, sped it up. Yeah. Um, so that was for the opening of the History Festival that year. Okay. So for eight hours, I sat there while he sculpted me. And oh, wow. All. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, bum. <laughs> and well, I stood there most of the time. Oh, okay. But the interesting thing was um, Scott let children come up and touch the clay. Oh. So on the statue, there's actually fingerprints from that day. He oh. left them all on the statue. Did he? Um, That's actually a great idea. Yeah, he said it's part of history. So mm. if you look closely, you can actually see them. Oh, excellent. Um, then what was next? I think we did a sitting at his house and we did four sittings all up. Yes. And then it debuted in the city library. Um, mm-hmm. We had an opening for it. And then after it finished there, I think it showed in the arts, I can't think what it's called, the South Australian Royal Society for Arts Building um, Institute on yes, North Terrace. I think so, yes. And then Scott um, messaged me one day and said, yeah. I'd really like to give you the bust. Oh, And he gave wow. me the bust. So now it sits in my office at home. 
Oh, um, wonderful. I've had it on display at the Gawler Library. Yes. Um, and it's been on display somewhere else. I can't can't quite remember where else it's been. Yeah. Um, so every History Month it's, since it's been made, it's actually been on display. Oh, that's nice. So now, yeah, it that's sits good. in my office. Um, yeah. It sits behind me. It doesn't yep. sit in front of me because no. it's weird looking at yourself. Yeah, I think it'd be all, <laughs> yeah, a bit, bit, bit funny. Yeah, it is a bit strange. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it sits in my office. Yeah, Scott Eames is the artist. Oh, wonderful. Um, Excellent. I actually thought that I had seen it. Um, as I went down Rundlemore, I'm wondering whether I might have been down there when that was happening. I'm not sure, but um, um, I, I, in my mind, I had it had that bust was actually still there in Rundlemore. Um, we, we were in the Gawler Place canopy when he he did that live sitting. Okay, yeah. And then it was in the city library for probably a good month, if not a little oh, bit more than a month. Yeah. Okay. And it was as you came in the front doors, it was yep. literally right in front of you. It's the first yeah. thing you saw. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's a really nice honour, isn't it? To it have is that huge honour, huge honour. And him giving it to me was a big surprise. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. And yeah, people have said, you know, what are you going to do with it? You, you know, it's bronze. It will last for 500 years. Yes. So, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, you know, fam, family heirloom, I suppose. Just put it in a bag when you're ready to take it somewhere it and is, you put it there. And It is huge. Yeah. It is way bigger than me. Oh. It doesn't weigh very much, surprisingly. Oh, really? No, okay. Um, the plinth that it's on weighs more than the bus does. Yes. Uh, so when I had it on display in the Gawler Library last History Month, people could go up and take photos and they, they could touch it. And it's on yes. a... On the plinth, it's on like a rod that comes out of the plinth and you can yep. actually turn the statue around because yeah. it's hollow. Yeah. And the other side of it looks like a Dementor from um, Harry Potter movies. Oh, really? And that's just by accident, <laughs> by purely accident. by accident. Yeah. But it, it actually yeah. does look like something from Harry Potter, oh. which is interesting because my one of my nicknames is Paranormal Hagrid. Oh, so, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. I must, I must one of these days... Um, I've I've started watching the Harry Potter stuff, but I have never really got into it. I've now finally got all the books through getting them through op shops, mm-hmm. so I have to actually start reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I might be leaving it a bit late in the uh, long in the tooth or whatever to start, but anyway, it is an interesting series. It is an interesting series. We're back and we're talking to um, Alan Tiller uh, about uh, the paranormal and his, well, that's his passion and his uh, livelihood as history. But uh, firstly, we're just going to ask that, you know, that's, that is his passion. How did you come about being involved and foremost, how do you make a living from it? So um, I got into this through genealogy. So back in my teens, I was right into looking up family history. I still am. Um, and I, I found myself in cemeteries a lot. And at the time, I lived in Queensland. Um, and I was at a cemetery looking people up. And I saw a ghost tour. So I went on the ghost tour. And they started talking about the people I'd been researching. But they were making up stories that weren't true about their life. Ah. And I'm standing there going, hang on a minute. That's not what happened. No. Um, and then I found there's a whole world of people that go out hunting for ghosts. Um, and that piqued my interest. Um, I was already, you know, TV fan, X-Files, all that kind of stuff. So okay. I already had an interest like mm. in the paranormal. Mm. Um, I tried to join some teams up there and most paranormal teams are very insular. They don't look for people outside their own little clique. Mm. Um, found it very hard. I moved back to South Australia and founded my own team in 2007 called Eidolon Paranormal. Okay. Um, and my mission was to make the paranormal more accessible. So yes. I started researching why things happen the way they do, um, psychology behind things, yep. um, and putting them up on my website for people to read for free. 
mm. so they could also learn from it because these were the things I wanted to learn. And and you c- couldn't get a hold of No, people wouldn't mm. teach you these things. No. Um, and I always had a strong interest in history and it just kind of happened. Things just it's a strange thing. Things just happen in my life. I don't go looking for things. Mm-hmm. Things just land on me. Okay. So the TV show I did, Haunting Australia, that just happened to roll into my lap. Oh, um, I was not looking to do TV at the time. Mm. Um, and I had to be convinced to do the show because I, I wasn't really interested. Mm. Um, so I did that. That opened up more doors, obviously. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was a forklift driver, believe it or not, in warehousing. Wow. Um, and I had a back injury and decided that I would get retrained. And so when I was at the city library, I thought I could do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to TAFE and did a library studies course and got my diploma. And since then, I've been working in libraries as a library tech. So Wonderful. do most of the jobs that librarians do. Yes. That pays the bills. Yep. And in my spare time when I'm not studying at university, that's when I do the ghost hunting stuff. Wow. Um, there's so very... how much time do you get to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I'd like. Um, I'm generally up very early in the morning because yep. um, that's when I study best. Yes. Yep. Um, and, you know, I am I go to bed around 10 p.m., but I'm up at like 7. Yeah. I don't know how many hours sleep that is. It's probably not many. Yeah. Well, it's probably not <laughs> it's a lot enough. if you're doing that every day. It's probably yes. enough. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, you don't like. There's not too many people who make money from the paranormal. No. Um, especially in Australia, it's mm. a very small industry here. People yep. that own tour companies might. Mm. Um, in America is a bit different story because America has paranormal celebrities. So there's people like a gentleman called Zach Bagans who started right. a show called Ghost Adventures. Okay. And that shows in. I'm not sure how many seasons now, probably 24, 25 seasons. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and he's an executive producer, so he gets a bigger paycheck mm. than what just a cast member would. No, um, that's and right. He, he yeah. also owns um, the Haunted Museum in Las Vegas, which has things like um, Dr. Kevorkian's death van oh. and Charles Manson's TV from his cell and all oh. these random horrible things. Oh. But it's won all these awards. It's it's considered haunted. Um and, you know, he's he's got enough money that he can invest in his passion, which yes. is collecting these things wow. and displaying them. And, mm. you know, that's probably the peak of if you were going to go into television. Most most ghost hunters aren't actually about that. They don't want to be famous. No. You know, it's, it's like anything, though, really. I mean, some people do want to be famous. Other yes. people just want to find out things for themselves. Mm. I'm one of those people that want to find things out. Yes. I'm not interested so much in fame. No. Um, but, I have a job. Yeah. I don't need... Yeah. You know, that and fame's not everything that's cracked up to be. I can tell you that firsthand yes. after being on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. It can work against you as well as it for you. It can yeah. very much work mm. against you. Um, mm. And people often don't consider that when they enter the paranormal that once you are out in the public as a ghost hunter, yes. people will view you very differently mm. because they think, oh, crazy ghost hunter, crazy oh, psychic. Okay. And you know, I'm, I'm not a psychic. Um, and I don't label myself in that way. I'm more history-centred than paranormal-centred right. these days. Yeah, I've been out investigated. I've done all of that. Um, I've learned that most of the things that people think are hauntings are nothing to do with it. They're very easily explainable. Yes. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably more of, of a sceptic nowadays. Okay. So um, you want more proof, don't you? Yes, more proof. Mm. I've seen things I cannot mm. explain, but that's not to say someone else can't explain it. Okay. Someone with more knowledge than me. All right. So you might you might see something you're saying mm-hmm. that, but if you you'd want someone else with you to see it as well to tell you exactly. if that is what you actually saw yes. or not. And an interesting thing 
from that perspective is my wife Karen and I were over in uh, Ararat at the Aradale Mental Asylum. Okay. And we were there for a horror writers convention. And as part of it, we had access to the entire 30-something buildings. Yes. And we were walking around and we noticed this little red light. And we thought, this is a bit strange. Maybe it's a laser light. Right. Couldn't see any laser beams. This light's just following us through all these hallways. So Karen got out her video camera and filmed it. Mm. And we tried everything we could to debunk it. And we still, to this day, do not know what it was. It wasn't an insect. Okay. It wasn't a reflection. It wasn't anything we were doing. It wasn't a laser pointer. And to this day, we still don't know what it is. Can't work it out, can you? No. And we... Mm. There were other witnesses to it as well, mm. not just us two, the other people. So that's one of those things that to this day I, I have no explanation. Oh, um, incredibly scary. haunted location. Mm. Um, well worth checking out if you're ever over in Victoria. Yeah. Well, the only things I've, I have checked out is um, I've been to the Adelaide ju- uh, jail, but not for the ghost tour. Been there. Uh, yep. They used to have events there, mm-hmm. like parties and yep. stuff. And we were allowed to go into the cells. Uh, but... I'd go in, but I couldn't stay in because oh, the fear of the door shutting was enough yep. not to go in. Um, went to the uh, Melbourne jail. Mm-hmm. That was that was quite um, um, different, eerie in a way. Yep. And we were shut in a cell there, and uh, I didn't like that very much at all. And it's because it was also very dark. There was no windows in this cell, so. <laughs> So, uh, and you felt different things there. I don't know what if you've been there yourself. Uh, I haven't been to the Melbourne jail. I've mm. been to the old, old Geelong. Jail. Mm. Um, yep. I've spent many, many hours in the old Adelaide jail. Yeah. Um, I'm a member of the Adelaide Jail Preservation Society. Oh, okay. Um, yep. So they run ghost tours and events in yes. there still to this day. Yes. Um, and yeah, I've been there at three in the morning and had all kinds of strange things happen that we could not explain. Yeah. Um, even on a tour. Um, we were on a tour once and... Uh, Karen and I were at the back. We were just observing. Yeah. And we could hear something shuffling behind us. And every time we shone the torch back, there was no one there. We were the people at the back oh. of the tour. Um, and we got to what they call the new building and to the, the gallows. And the tour guide was telling her story. And from above us, which is an, a place you can't access, right? a woman's voice said some swear words. Oh, really? And everyone on the tour, 20-odd people, just went totally silent and oh. were like looking around trying to see what it was. There was no one there. No one there at all. Mm. See that that that'd be really frightening for me, you know. Um, it's not that I don't believe, um, because I'm sure it's there. Because I hack, I don't think I physically have seen a you know a ghost as such. Mm-hmm. Closest I've come is in a brand new house that we had built, and it had a uh, hallway that went past the kitchen and the extended um, di- not dining but lounge area. And then it went into another room at the back, which was another spare room that we had. And I was standing doing stuff in the kitchen and I swear there was a either a man or woman walked past in a white suit and then just dis- disappeared. Oh, okay. And I thought, wow. And I thought, nah, it wasn't. No. Nah, oh, nah. But I'm sure I could. I can still see it today yep. um, happening to me. And um, that was out at Blakeview. Oh, okay. We had built out there. And Blakeview's not really known as a no. you know, haunted area or anything no, like that. No, which, which makes me think it was actually something that came with us. Yes, so that's mm. what paranormal investigators call um, an attachment. Yeah. So, you know, it might be a relative. Yeah. Um, it might be an object that you own is something that that person owned. Yes. And they've stayed yes. with the object. Um, 
I mean, realistically, no one really knows how the paranormal works. No, it's um, it's just just really it was really eerie, and I I don't I think I might have uh, told my husband at the time about it, but um, I might not have said anything for quite some months because you know. Yeah, if you got a reason in your brain, did I see it or did I not see it? No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, and I get other times when the hair on my arms always go. Oh uh, yes, yeah, yep. that happens to me quite a bit. Yep. So, but I, you know, I just put that down with, um, you know, something I've been listening to or heard uh, or watched on TV. That's what I do. Yep. Yeah. So, mm. what people call goosebumps. Yeah. Um, the yeah. technical term for it is. Uh, pileo erection, which is right. the goose bump in the hair. Yeah. Um, and as you said, music can yes, make that happen. It can. Memories can make that happen. It's Correct. not necessarily mm. ghosts. No. Um, exactly. It's been associated with the paranormal, but memories and um, the uh, fight or flight mechanism in our brains can make it happen as well. Okay. Um, same right. as cold spots. When we get that yes, chill that we're in a cold spot, for sure. Yeah. You may be thinking, oh, I'm in a haunted place and yep. I'm getting scared. And then your brain goes, oh, he's scared. Yeah. Bang. Um, yep. You know, you get that cold sensation and get the goosebumps and yep. instantly you think, oh, it's a ghost, which makes things worse. And, yes. you know, so, but it may not be that at all. No, it might. Yeah. So I'm quite, quite uh, apt with you telling me that it's nothing to do with ghosts because <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's not. There's other triggers involved. There is, yes. Yeah. I was just going to ask, the Salisbury Institute next door mm-hmm. has a ghost as well, yes. doesn't it? Mm. Um, so they think the ghost is John Harvey Jr. Okay which I think is the second son of John Harvey, the original founder of the city of Salisbury. Yeah. Um, so he was a foundation member of the Institute. Yes. So he's a good part of the reason why it was built. Um, so they think that he is the spirit and this gentleman walks through the main hall inspecting it. Ah, um, but excellent. he's not the only ghost. The other ghost doesn't, yeah. no one knows who it is. And that ghost is in the basement. Oh. Um, so a lot of the people that work in that section will yes, not I go in that basement saying. by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but no one knows exactly who that is or what that is down there. But it's not very nice, whatever it is. So does it actually, has it ever hurt anyone? Or? It's, it's not so much it hurts people. People get paranoid um, and fearful. So okay. whatever it is, I mean, it could be in their minds. It mm-hmm. could be because, you know, someone's told them there's a ghost, so they get scared. Yeah, well, I won't go down there now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have had one report of someone being touched by something they couldn't see down there, and obviously that's going to oh, make you very scared. Yeah, that would. Um, yes. And, yeah, so I don't know if that is the same ghost that's up the top. Okay. Um, it could be. Mm-hmm. But why he would be doing something entirely different in the basement to the hall itself <laughs> is a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit odd. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, um, what are your plans for the future? I know you're busy, very, very busy. Yes, very busy. So obviously COVID has made things very hard for everyone. Yes. Um, Earlier this year, my wife and I had teamed up with um, a group called Athletica who do fitness holidays, um, which probably seems like an odd thing for someone like me to do. (laughs) Um, But Uh we had planned to go to the USA and we were going oh. to do a Ghost Adventures tour. And we were going to go to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we were going to go to the Winchester Mystery House. We were sleeping overnight on an old haunted aircraft carrier. Oh, God. And then we were going to <laughs> wind our way through um, old cowboy towns and end up in Vegas for the uh, museum I spoke about earlier. Yes, yes. Obviously, COVID stopped that. Oh. So we couldn't do it. So we tried to think of something else that we could do with Athletica. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gentleman who runs it, Rob Code, is right into the paranormal. Okay, that's and good. Yeah, so he's got a strong, very strong interest. He's had some experiences. Mm-hmm. And we decided that we might go to Tasmania. 
Oh, so okay. in January next year, yes, um, we are going to take members of the public with us. Right. Um, if they get on the Athletica's website, they can see how to book. Yes. We are there for, I believe, five nights. Don't quote me on that. Right. Okay. Um, I'll have and, to go and, I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah, I've got to record it. Athletica <laughs> is the website. Um, and you'll see on the top, it says Tasmania Paranormal Adventure. Right. So Karen and I are leading tours, investigations. We're going just to haunted places to walk through them. Okay. Um. And yeah, so we're investigating Willow Court Asylum. Um, and as you're probably aware, Tasmania is the, well, Hobart's the second oldest city in the country. Yes, so um, it's bound to have a few. <laughs> hundreds of people were hung in the jails there. Yeah. So we're going to some of the most haunted jails. We're going to Richmond Jail, which is the oldest jail in, in Tasmania. Right. And we're going to visit the Richmond Bridge, which has a really fascinating ghost story of a guy named George Grover. And oh. he was a flagellator. Oh. So he whipped all the other convicts. He was a convict oh. himself. Yeah, but, but his that job was his was job. to whip them. Oh. And eventually they had enough of his whippings and they threw him over the bridge and killed him. And he's been seen on that bridge wow. ever since. So we are visiting that bridge. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we spend, we're also spending two full days in Port Arthur. Oh. So, and, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. and Port Arthur's very, very haunted. We're visiting the Isle of the Dead as well, which is a cemetery on an island with all oh. the convicts buried there, oh. um, haunted as well. You better so, check everybody's heart yeah, before you get yeah. there. <laughs> so, yeah, it should be an interesting trip. So if that's, yeah, off, on Athletica and you can just, you know, jump online and um, either on my Facebook page yes. or on Athletica's page and see it and get all the details. There's a full itinerary you can download and see where we're going. That's right. And um, you've got your website? I don't have a website currently, no. Okay. Um, but I do have the Haunts of Adelaide blog, which comes okay. out every Tuesday night. All right. Um, and that's up to, I think, in about three weeks, it'll be nine years I've been writing that for. Oh, wow. Um, so there's <laughs> hundreds of stories. It's not just ghosts. There's crime. There's history. Yes. Anything I'm interested in at the time that I'm not, that's interesting. And, and you'll write about it. Yeah, and I'll yeah. write about it. Yeah. Um, and you'll find some stories that are in my books are also on there, but they're a shorter version because yes. you can only fit so much on a blog. True. Um, yeah. So I know for a fact that the Adelaide Arcade is on is actually one of the first places I wrote about, okay. and that spans over about six weeks on there. Yes. But in my Haunts of Adelaide book, it's probably a third of the book. There's right. so many stories from that oh, place. Wow. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you get more more value in the book than you do the website. Yeah. I wonder if people like during the day if they walk like down that Adelaide Arcade, whether they would feel something and not know. What happened? Well, it's possible. Um, <laughs> one of the stories in the book was from the the Haunted Adelaide residency that I did. Mm. And one of the ladies said that back in the 60s, before the 60s, they didn't have the second internal story. Yep. So it was just a single story. And when they were building it, you weren't allowed to go up there. She worked there. Okay. And um, she was there before anyone, any of the workers and anyone like that. And she was going to where she works and she looked up and there was a man wearing a blue uniform looking at her. And as oh. she looked at him, he disappeared. Um, so that's what, that's in wow. the book. Um, and there's other stories about workers up in the top. Um, poltergeist type activity happened to them. Um, and things oh. happen day or night there. It doesn't make any difference. Wow. Um, I become good friends with the owners of the Manhattan Dry Cleaners. Yes. The yes. Berry family. They've been there since 1976. Okay. And if... You happen to be walking through the arcade, pop your head in and say hello and ask them about Francis Clooney and they'll tell you some of their stories because things happen there all the time. Oh, my God. Day and night. So it's a, a constant? It is, very much. Yeah. Okay. It, it's never ended since he died in 1887. He's oh, seen wow. constantly, heard constantly. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So that, oh, I'll ask you a quick question. <laughs> um, um, if you happen to have a ghost in your house, mm -hmm. 
Um, not that I have one now, but, you know, like if I, you happen to have a ghost, is there any chance to help them to move on? There is chances to help them move on. Um, obviously, you want to get a good psychic mm. who can communicate with them. Yeah. Um, some ghost hunters can help as well. Um, I generally say to people, if you think your house is haunted, keep mm. a diary of what's going on. Okay. So Makes get a sense. diary, write in the time, the day, mm. um, who was there, what happened. And then if you get a ghost hunter in, yes. they can use that diary to find out, you know, what times things are happening, who it's happening to, and then use that to try and debunk it first. Mm. Um, and not everyone likes their ghost being debunked. They want to believe it's a ghost. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Other people are happy for it to be debunked. Yes. Um, there's a lovely lady, lady named Jane Blackett from a team called Whisper here in Adelaide, and she does a lot of fantastic work helping people um, through their hauntings. Okay. Um, a lot of you'll find a lot of ghost hunters and psychics will come in, they'll do what they do, and then they leave you to it. Right. Whereas Jane yep. will stay on and she'll keep checking in every couple of months to make yep. sure you're fine, make sure nothing's happening. Yep. So yep. she, she's, I think, I know for a fact one case has been going for four years and that's oh, just wow. her checking in, making sure they're making still fine. Sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's worth checking out one day if you have the time. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be interesting. And yeah, and I just subtly thought of another question. Mm -hmm. Not You might have a new house, like I was describing before. Can you have a ghost happening in a new house? That yes. has been on old land, yes. old, old situation maybe. Yes. So I often get reports of hauntings in brand new houses on brand new estates. Yeah. Um, and people always think first, well, there's been no one here. Yeah. Um, but they forget about indigenous people for starters. That's right. So it could be an indigenous spirit. Yes. Um, it could be a spirit of the land, mm -hmm. which people don't consider. But they also forget that um, relatives may come to visit. So oh, dead okay. relatives might come to visit. There might sweet. be something attached mm. to something. So um, say an old piano. Yes. You buy a piano, you don't know its history. No, not There might at be all. someone attached to that piano and yep. they come in and play it. So yep. it, it is possible. Brand new houses can be haunted. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Look, this has um, just been amazing. I mean, look, we've been chatting for quite some time now and I don't think we've touched the surface no <laughs> <laughs> so they should go out and uh, and and check your facebook page and um you know follow yes. up what what other areas uh, the only other thing that i have to mention okay i, I promise ahead. that i would um is obviously we were talking about the tour the salisbury tour which yes. is the haunting history of salisbury tour that's right um if people are interested in doing it it's free and yep. it will always remain free so they yep. can go to the salisbury community hub which is on John Street, and they yep. can pick up a book. Yep. There's a book there for free. Or right. if they choose to, on their phone, if they go to discoversawsbury.com.au slash app, yep. they can actually download the tour, and I will guide them around the city of Salisbury yep. via the audio. Yeah, it's excellent. I've got it myself. I've put it on my phone. So, uh, no, everybody should do that. I nearly forgot about that. Thank you very much for coming, Alan. Thank and, you very much um, for having me. You've been very, very thoughtful.